Welcome to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of iRelaunch, and your host. Before we get started, I want to remind our listeners to sign up on the iRelaunch job board if you are actively job seeking right now, because that is where employers go specifically to look for and hire people who are coming back to work after a career break. All right, on to our podcast for today. Today, we welcome Jana Toner, Senior Vice President with American Corporate Partners, which is dedicated to assisting U.S. veterans and active duty military spouses in finding rewarding careers. Based in Washington, D.C., Jana has over 20 years of experience in the private and public sectors, including working in two White House administrations. She took an eight-year career break to care for her children, and we are going to talk about her career path and her relaunch. Jana, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Can you start, Jana, by telling us a little bit about your background and what you did prior to your career break and what prompted you to take the career break? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, happy to be here. I'm really excited about having this conversation with you today because it was something you know, when I took my my career break, it was something that I was a little nervous about. But now that I've relaunched and continued my career, it's uh, something that I you know, learned a lot from that process. And you would tell anyone out there who is in a similar situation that they can do it as well. So, you know, my background is a little non-traditional in that I started my career after college in the uh, private sector. I worked for a large corporation and it was a management training program. And then I decided to move into politics and into the public sector. So I was a political appointee um, in at the Department of Education and Department of Energy. And what's unusual about political appointees is that you serve at the pleasure of the president or the secretary. And so these jobs don't last forever. They have expiration dates. And when your party loses, you are out of a job. And it's rare that any political party would win three election, presidential elections in a row. So in 2009, January of 2009, my job was ending. Uh, At the time, I was the White House liaison for the Department of Education. And what that means is I developed and maintained a political staffing plans for the agency, plus their boards and commissioned, and worked with the White House on any events or issues that would require coordination. So if you think back to 2009, uh, there was the Great Recession, right, that started in, I believe, 2007 right? Uh, The economy was tanking through 2008. uh, And coming out in 2009, there were no jobs in DC. If I wanted to stay in politics, it would be impossible because the other party had not only the White House, but both chambers of Congress. Mm. And at home, I had a four-year-old and a one-year-old. I was tired. My husband worked a lot as well. And I was really thinking that I wanted to try to have another another baby too. So we decided jointly that I was going to take a break, raise the kids, help support him as he built out his law practice. And uh, looking back at the time too, I really 
would have liked to have found something part-time just to kind of keep my toe in, mm-hmm. but it, you know, I didn't really find it. I didn't really look for it. And, you know, you, you can't find something that you're not looking for. Um, but that's hindsight. So, yeah, that's great advice. You know, we, we tell relaunchers at the beginning of, of their relaunch, when they're trying to make the decision about whether to take that career break, that if they can keep a toe in the water, that's usually very helpful. Uh, of course, we have plenty of stories of the majority of our stories are people who did not do that and took a complete career break. So um, we know that there are avenues to success uh, no matter what you decide, but we do hear um, in hindsight from, from relaunchers who are looking back um, uh, that that advice more often than not. Um, you know, iRelaunch has been around since 2007, so we uh, vividly remember that uh, recession and how um, how long it lasted. I mean, technically, I think it only lasted a couple of years, but when you really traced it, we didn't. Um, it started, you know, in the depths of it. We're going into 2008, 2009. We didn't really emerge from it till 2013. It felt like so. Yeah. It's a long haul. Uh, it was different from the recessions right now. Um, All right. So that's super interesting. Um, And was there a time um, at at some point where you decided, you know what, this is the right time um, for me to go back? What did it happen to to, um, coincide with anything like kids ages or did an opportunity pop up? What happened there on the other end of your career break? Yeah, so as you said at the beginning, I took an eight-year break, and I probably, for about the last two years of it, was ready to go back in. I was starting to feel like it was time that maybe I should be doing something more, even though I loved my life at home and my time with the children, but uh, I was just feeling a little unsettled. And every time I started to like look at job postings, I would lose my nerve. I updated my resume, but I didn't really know how to talk about my career gap. I wasn't very comfortable with it and Mm -hmm. selling it and being confident about it. That was a mistake on my part. And when I would bring up the idea of going back to work with my friends, the the first question was, well, what do you want to do? What would you do? And I didn't really know. Uh, So it was not an easy process for me, but I did know that I I thought I wanted to go back. I wanted to do something. I wanted to to restart my uh, career. And I would say, you know, you have to start somewhere. You have to have a LinkedIn profile. You have to work on your resume. You have to scrub your social media, uh, make sure that things look okay and start somewhere. And these things are a work in progress. You always can make changes. Uh, it shouldn't be stagnant, right? It is a, a work in progress. So, um, and in the end, I, I relaunched, quite easily. And I, I don't like to use the word you know luck or fate because I'm mm-hmm. a firm believer and you make your own luck, right? When I was a college athlete, we trained all the time. So when it came to game time, you deliver. It doesn't come down to luck, right? You're you're prepared for it. You know what you have to do. And and I try to use my career break to make sure that I had kept my network up, that I had you know, stayed informed um, about what was happening in in DC. So um, when it came to my relaunch, I, I had that network, I had the skills, but my husband and I decided to go to dinner um, 
And if you're familiar in DC, an old town, which is not where we live and not a place we normally go. But I we went to dinner there one night and I ran into a former colleague who I hadn't seen mm-hmm. in maybe five years. Mm-hmm. But we were connected on social media and I had commented on some of his posts and things like that. And, um, you know, he saw me, said hello, and he happened to be looking for talent. He was helping the new administration fill out their uh, their staffing, and I was a solution to his problem. And that's how I got my shot. He was like, Jana stayed in contact. Jana knows how to do the job. Jana should come back in. And uh, that, I th- think, was a really, you know, there were two important lessons there, right? We're solving someone's problem. They need talent and we have it. And, you know, that's how it made it easy for it um, to happen. And, you know, again, the second lesson too is I, I didn't disappear in my break. I went to events. I you tried to remind people I was still around. I, I, I wasn't just at home. I was at home and still um, an active participant in the, the world around me. So he knew who I was instantly made the connection. And I, you know, had it, I was started working in maybe three weeks, four weeks after them. Wow. That's probably one, that's probably the most <laughs> smoothest relaunch story ever. Um, <laughs> but I just want to review some of the lessons there that you're highlighting, because I'm thinking about um, how useful this advice is to someone who is early in their career and is anticipating a future career break and is trying to think about um, what, how do I best position myself while I'm on career break to make my return to work smoother later? Mm-hmm. Uh, so first, a, a couple of things. You talked about um, your confidence um, being an issue initially and not sure about what you want to do. I'd say that's classic. You, you, you know, when we talk to relaunchers, I myself am a relauncher. Um, I had an 11-year career break and, um, you know, we, we have over 100,000 relaunchers currently in our community, and that doesn't count all the relaunchers that have passed through already. Um, So I can tell you that I almost 100%, if not 100% of relaunchers will talk about uh, confidence issues, uh, no matter how accomplished or senior they were before their career break, it seems to impact all of us. Uh, And this this thought process about, thinking about what you want to do all over again. Um, you know, in your case, it's pretty interesting. You, you, you were on the right career path to begin with. You, you know, we see people fall into these three categories. Some are like you, Jana, who are on the right career path to begin with and returned almost exactly what they left. Or Some of them loved what they were doing before, but there was something about it they can't really do in their life stage now. So they return to something related, but not the same thing. And then there are those those of us who realized we were not on the right career path to begin with, and they relaunch in an entirely new direction. I also I was in financial analysis on Wall Street. I went back into financial analysis and investment um, firms, so um, very, very similar. But it sounds like um, some of the things that you're talking about that you did, you said you stayed informed, you kept your network up. When you're saying, I, we like to get into specifics um, in our podcast. So when you say you kept your network up, you mentioned that you, um, this particular former colleague, you had um, commented on some posts on LinkedIn. Can you give us um, a, some detail and how you kept up with your network? Um, 
obviously that was one way, but were there other ways? Yes. Yeah, there were several ways. So social media is one and all the different platforms and, you know, making sure that I wasn't being, I, I was being true to my views and who I am as a person, but not throwing any bombs out there, um, you know, figuratively and in the social media space. I, um, that was a self-conscious effort on my part. And uh, following people that I had who stayed in the workforce, who knew me and knew my experience and making sure that uh, I was able to again, like some of their posts, comment on some of their posts, and then put some of my own content out there as well. So that was one channel. Um, mm -hmm. The second channel would be going out to events. In DC, it's a very social place. There's a lot of um, events around um, fundraisers or um, issues and saying yes to those things, even though it's a pain to get a babysitter, to make it down there um, and to coordinate with my spouse's schedule. But you have to continue to be seen so people know that you're around. Uh, so that's another another pathway. Um, I think, and then on, um, on the on the third path is you have to actually, again, stay informed. So for me, I find uh, politics and policy, public affairs, these are my hobbies. So it's very easy for me to make sure I was spending a couple hours a day, an hour a day, reading the news, reading what people were talking about, how things had changed so that I could be an informed um, you know, guest at these parties, at dinner parties, um, and out with with friends so that I you know, knew what was happening and that it, I could know that I was being taken seriously and, and was not too far removed from the work life. Um, and then something else, my, my fourth path, which I, is unique to me, um, is that I took up tennis um, as like an outlet for myself during my career break. And um, it was something that I you know, was very passionate about and played a lot. And it opened up a whole new set of people that I never would have met by mm -hmm. playing this game and um, meeting people at, uh, at our you know, tennis group, at different matches, other people who enjoyed tennis. And it just, again, a whole new set of people who got to know me through tennis. And then when you're talking about going back to work or um, now that I am back to work, being able to, to say, oh, you know, now I'm working, I'm working on veterans issues, would love to talk to you about it further. So that was also very helpful. Mm -hmm. All right. So there's a lot packed in there. Um, I love this idea, networking through sports. <laughs> um, and probably, you know, it wasn't like you thought, I'm going to go play tennis because that's going to help my networking. It was because you went and did it um, a bit for yourself. And that was a byproduct of it. Um, and I was going to ask you a question earlier because you mentioned that you were a college athlete and and just sort of the um, mindset and mentality. Uh, did It sounds like some of that carried through um, a little bit. And I'm not sure about, uh, was there something that um, I, I guess you developed as an athlete that had to do with, with your forward thinking or perseverance or the way um, that you approached your job search that you think might have been different if you hadn't had that experience? Yeah, that's such an interesting question. I, I actually would say that 
with my job search, I have been uh, more timid than I ever would have been as an athlete. I usually took my lessons learned from competing in, in high school and in college and beyond in my job itself. And I wish that I would have taken that same like fired enthusiasm uh, that I had as, have as an athlete into the job search. But the you know job search can be so um, it, it can be so negative. You know, there's a lot of rejection, and you can't take it personally. And it's a scary it's a scary thing to go through that works out eventually, but it's not it's not fun to go through in the, in the moment. Certainly, can you just tell us? What was the lapse of time between when you thought, you know what, I'm going to get serious and organized about this and figure out about how I'm going to get back to work? And when you ran into that colleague, did that just happen very early on? Or was there a period of time before that where things were less defined? It was about two years, two years of me thinking I I wanted to go back, but not knowing how to go back and not knowing how to relaunch myself, not knowing how to talk about it. And so when it when it finally was that opportunity um, at the end of the two year mark, it was something I again I had thought about, just hadn't had a lot of action not, and not a lot of successful action on it. Mm-hmm. All right. So I also want to just underscore that for our audience because a lot of time, you know, relaunches take longer than we anticipate. And we were talking earlier about how smooth this was, you know, but um, it, it disguises the this two year period before this um, uh, happenstance of running into the, the um, colleague. So um, I just want to underscore that with, with our audience. And also, um, I was thinking about some of your comments, Jana, uh, on staying up to date and how you're so interested, you're interested in policy and um, uh, public affairs and, and politics. And that was something you would naturally gravitate to anyway. Um, and I'm thinking, and also you're saying you have to be seen. I was talking about it in the context of someone who is about to take a career break, but I also want to speak to our relaunchers who are currently on career break. There's no reason why if you haven't been doing that, you can decide I'm going to start doing those things now. Uh, so just want to um, to emphasize that that piece of it. Um, so when you ran into this colleague and had this conversation, was the idea that you were on career break, was that even part of the conversation or it was were they thinking they remembered you from before? We have this whole concept of being frozen in time. Like, did the career break even come up in the conversation? Uh, you know, I. I don't remember. I do remember that it wasn't an issue, right? It was only an issue for me and how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. It was like, Jana knows exactly how to do this job. And I knew someone who could do the job. It was a perfect solution for him. So I, I definitely think you shouldn't let there, that break um, hurt your self-confidence. And you should be proud of it because, again, people want to need to fill these jobs. They need talented people. And it didn't even didn't even occur to him to say that it would be an issue that I took a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the the idea that uh, he remembered you from before. We talk about this idea of being frozen in time, and even if we as relaunchers experience a diminished sense of self because we've been professionally disconnected, those um, ex colleagues don't know anything about that. They only remember us as we were, and it's really a gift. That they- 
that that happens, right? Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, you said you started three weeks later, the first few weeks back on the job, um, or maybe the first few months or even the first year, how did that feel? Uh, did you feel that there was kind of an on-ramping period or did you just jump back in? What was it like then? Yeah, it was. So I was going in to a new administration. So and there had to be uh, staffed up. So if you know, um, think about any any new administration, regardless of the political party, you have to fill 3,500 jobs mm-hmm. and in a very short period of time. So my first day, it was, um, and first, and it was like jumping into the deep end. Uh, there was no time to think about, you know, what, how do I do this again? Um, and I had that thought multiple times, how do I do this again? <laughs> and, you know, you have to start somewhere. Um, it was, it was at the time it felt hard, but in hindsight, it wasn't hard, you know, thinking about how to write an email. And it might have taken me a little bit longer to remember how to phrase things, how to use professional language versus emailing with my friends, um, how to organize myself and my time, what needs to be done, what do I have time for, how many hours you know, can I work uh, today because I have a family at home, and how am I going to get it all all done. So it, um, it doesn't, and again, I don't think it was visible to people outside of me. I think a lot of the turmoil or the uncomfortableness was inside of me that was not visible uh, outside uh, for the most part. So I think that it's, you know, it's, it's one of those skills you kind of fall back on. Um, but I do think it helped for, for me to have stayed current and made that process a little bit easier. Um, and I also knew what I didn't know. So I was able to mm-hmm. go back and, and say, okay, I maybe I don't know this particular issue that well anymore. So who can I call to talk to about it and ask those questions? So I know that I'm informed and I know what I'm looking for when I'm not looking for, uh, because I didn't want to um, to step any, any into any issues because of my ignorance um, about mm-hmm. it. So. You know, you're talking about something that th- there's a name for this, the learning curve. I didn't know about this, but there's such a thing as a learning curve and there are four stages. And the first stage is you don't know what you don't know. But the second stage is when you find out what you don't know. And it sounds like you got there pretty quickly and you yep. already had in your mind a solution for yourself. So so that's pretty interesting. Um, I'm just thinking now for our relaunchers who go into public sector roles, and I know Public sector is a big place and it's different um, depending on who the employer is. But any advice about how to handle uh, conversations about level or compensation when you're coming back into the workforce? Yes, uh, there I have a lot of, a lot of thoughts on this. And I think that for um, if, when you go into, into government, it is an, almost an easier process because there are a lot of uh, restrictions about how much people can make that are based on what you you were paid previously. So um, in my case, I was able to go in at the same level I had uh, left eight years prior and with uh, a cost of living increase. So it didn't matter that I had that, that break, um, but it wasn't the same for everyone in my, in that job, I was, I'd hired 
people and negotiated salary for people. And I, I came across, you know, many, um, mostly women who'd had career breaks. And mm-hmm. when I was negotiating their salary, I knew what I, I couldn't, couldn't do. I did my best to get them to make up the difference from that time they left uh, to what they could be paid now. But it wasn't always what, it never was what it would have been had they not taken a break. Um, And so I think that it's important to remember when you're going to these negotiations, you know, number one, you have to ask, you have to negotiate. Women are not good about it. Uh, Talking about pay is hard. And you again, you don't know if you don't ask, but sometimes the answer is no. And uh, you can't dig yourself in too much of a hole over it. Um, you know, you it, it, in my case, when I was negotiating pay for others, I did the best I could, but I, I couldn't I couldn't make things happen that weren't going to happen. And um, and so I, I think making sure that you leave yourself room to have those conversations is um, is my advice on pay. Hmm, thank you. Because yeah. we don't always talk to someone who's been on both sides of the table um, in the same empl- at the same employer. Um, Janet, can you tell us a little bit about what the transition was like at home when you went back to work with your two children who were probably still very young, I'm guessing? Yeah. So my youngest when I went back was five or six. Um, and, you know, it was it was a process. It was a process. Um, I had decided that, you know, first I was, I wasn't going to try to do everything. I couldn't be there for everything. I couldn't do everything I had done when I wasn't working, uh, and accepting that and deciding what was important to me, what was that I make sure it got done and what were things that didn't need to happen or that I could outsource out. You know, I, I wanted to spend time with my kids. I didn't want to spend time at the grocery store. And mm-hmm. I also, you know, it was a family conversation saying that I I can't be at everything. Dad and I can't be at every sports event, but we'll do the best we can and we'll we'll tag team and we'll be at a few things and we'll make it count. And the kids were amazing about it, uh, which is helpful. I, it, it worked because it was again a family conversation, mm-hmm. and you know my my husband had to take on additional responsibilities as well. And you know when I wasn't working and he was and, and he was building up his practice, you know I felt like I had to do everything that I put on myself. Like this was my job, doing everything at home. And and when he had to take on more responsibilities at home, I, it really I think helped both of us because he could be around more. The, the kids saw it more and um, he never complained. He had to start helping me with, with carpool in the morning and, and walking the dog. And it was all fine. It was there. It was fine. I was worried that it was going to be chaotic. It, it worked out. But mm-hmm. um, again, you have to, you have to let things go. There's no such thing as being perfect at everything. Don't try. Um, and I, I didn't try, but it, it I brought everybody into the process and we decided what was going to get done and not get done. And, and you have to make the most of that time first thing in the morning at the end of the day to be organized and, and uh, working ahead. Okay. I'm taking notes here. So you said, um, a let things go B family conversations, make sure um, there's a lot of communication and C being organized, especially at the beginning and the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
audience, I repeated that, especially for everyone's benefit. Uh, and I, but I think it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's very straightforward and very good advice. Can you tell us, Jana, about um, what is uh, American Corporate Partners, ACP, and talk to us about how you made the transition from your White House role into the role that you have today? Sure. Um, I love talking about, about ACP, and I need to, to back up a, a little bit because, you know, we talked about uh, how I went back to my old job to start. And once I got in, I actually was promoted pretty quickly. And after, um, after about 10 months, I had the opportunity to become the chief of staff to the second lady, Karen Pence. And mm-hmm. I was in that job for three years. And that was a, you know, a, an amazing opportunity that was um, you know, seven days a week, every single day of the year. Um, so when, and again, we've talked about this earlier, when the, job, the danger in politics is that your job ends. Um, right. so, you know, my job ended in January of 2020. Right, twenty-one, and I um, had then a second career break again of about nine months, and to be able to again think about okay, now I'm I'm back in the workforce. I want to stay in the workforce. So how do I want to use this skill set, and what do I want to do? And I mm-hmm. I took some time um, to to work through that, and um, again, but still keep thinking about keeping my career on track, uh, my network in place, keeping my skill set up. And, you know, on the anniversary of September 11th, I was watching the news and I saw my now boss, the founder of ACP and the vice chairman of the board were being interviewed about ACP, about this wonderful organization that helps veterans and spouses. So I reached out and um, I had worked with them in the White House. They were one of my nonprofit partners um, on military and vet- spouse and veteran issues. So I reached out to say, hey, great job and excellent timing on my part because they said, actually, we want to expand our presence in D.C. Would love to talk to you about coming on board and um, and then had the chance to, to join ACP um, as a senior vice president, helping them expand their their DC presence. So, uh, what ACP does, and I think this is uh, something that you and I can both relate to, uh, Carol. It's helping post 9/11 veterans and active duty military spouses find meaningful and sustaining careers uh, through mentorships. So we pair and mentor uh, for free uh, with a veteran or spouse based on their career goals and and based on experience to help them navigate this process. Are you coming back from a break? Are you moving place to place and need and having a hard time maintaining a career, which is a a big issue, as you know, for our spouses? Or are you transitioning out of the military and not able to really find that career or know what you're good at or what your worth is and how do you navigate it? So um, that's what we get to do is to help make that process a little bit easier and to um, help them see kind of what their value is and, and how to talk about salary, how to talk about titles and how to make it through that job search um, as easily as possible. You know, we have uh, several military spouses on our team um, at iRelaunch, and one of them in particular, when she was an active duty spouse, was 
a mentee in the ACP uh, program and found it incredibly beneficial. So uh, it's it's an amazing organization, and I can see uh, how inspired you must have been when you were seeing the leadership speak about it, and mm-hmm. then you pursued that and had that conversation, and and here you are. It's it's incredible. Um, well. Jana, thank you so much. I I wanted to um, wrap up our conversation by asking you the question we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something we have already talked about today? Absolutely. I have two. I hope you don't mind. But uh, I think the first one is uh, talking about imposter syndrome. You know, imposter syndrome is not a real thing. It's not a real illness. It's just a mindset. So don't let your insecurities or your self-doubt get in your way of success. Um, And the second is activate your network, accept help, find a mentor. You know, it's hard to hear the truth sometimes, but I'd rather know so I can make adjustments and see something, a different result than do the same thing over and over again and, and not see anything, uh, anything different. Great advice. Jana, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. One more reminder for our relaunchers to register on the iRelaunch job board so employers can see um, your uh, background because they come to our job board when they're looking to hire people returning from career break. And be sure to go to iRelaunch.com to take advantage of all the resources that we work hard to provide for all of you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.